He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Harris. You're listening to Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. That was Andrew Decker. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, man, I, I, I could feel the the professional training uh, that there you it was. received in your youth coming out. Yeah, um, that was nice. And also a little creepy. Thank you. Not your singing, the the song choice. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking we were talking about, you know, the government like we usually do. Right. But the uh, song's about Santa Claus. Right. This is our Christmas. I just want to be clear. um, My house does not need an elf on the shelf to know Santa has all power. Santa is way more powerful than any elf on a shelf. Sure. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. What's an elf going to do for him? Yeah, um, I guess that's true. I don't. I don't really know where this conversation's going. Sorry, I don't. Have I, I have a big pet. I have, I have a big pet peeve about the elf on the shelf. For anyone listening, it, it came after my time. Me too. So I, I and I don't have kids, so I just. Well, and my kids were old enough. We didn't have to get involved. In yeah, that, but we have some friends that go crazy over it. Right. Yeah. But look up if you're ever online and you want to see stuff funny. Look up like naughty elf on shelf, dude. There's some stuff. Be careful of those search results, I guess. There. Well, I, you know, yeah, yeah, you might, but it's the elf on the shelf. It's not, <laughs> it's not really, really dirty, but dude, there's some funny, funny things out there. You know, I don't know if Santa is all powerful or more powerful than the officer on the side of the road. If he's pulling you over and thinks you're DWI. Oh, DWI. We're talking about it again. That's right. Well, it's the holiday season. That's right. So this is our, our Christmas special. Third annual. This is the, it's the, a holiday special. It's Andy. the holiday. Because not everyone celebrates Christmas, but forgive everyone me. has the holidays. For, forgive me. The um, that is true. It is our holiday <laughs> special, which means we're talking about DWI because this everybody's driving. Everybody, a lot of people are back to doing in-person holiday parties, right? And so they're maybe they're imbibing a bit before Eggnog. they drive. Ugh. Eggnog, yeah, no joke, no thanks. <laughs> um, I mean, we get a lot of calls. Sorry, I'm just gonna time. I'm just gonna complain about all the holiday stuff I don't like. So the elf on the shelf eggnog you're going to actually talk about what we're going to talk about and i'm just going to bitch in the background that's fine that's fine that, it'll be a nice reversal <laughs> from our usual banter andy uh, didn't know that bitching was coming and there it was yeah exactly like okay you're gonna have to put that e that, that explicit e on not our, yet but okay. it might get there so um you know we're not just talking just dwi we're we're or in the in the overall sense like we have in the past we're talking about something very very specific and this is like kind of a collateral consequence it's it's kind of new uh, uh since 2019 um we are talking about the dps super fines dps super fines is that like superman it Wonder is Woman? actually yeah um because or is it more like spiderman you know super <laughs> <laughs> What is that? That'd be Spider-Man, you know, but like, but like if you're from uh, like if, West if Texas, it, well, no, if, if he were actually a person instead of being Spider-Man, name. it'd be more like Spiderman. So, um, <laughs> we've already derailed. We have not been imbibing. I can promise you that this Topo is just a holiday spirit coming through. So, so the super fine, the super fine, um, I lost my train of thought. So you know how like Superman can can leap a tall building in a single bound, right? Yes. Well, these super vines can get out of hand pretty quickly as right. well. Right, in, in a single bound. So, you know, first, let us talk about um, 
Well, let's talk about place. Like, what what was the right? So let's talk about the history a little bit. Yeah. Um. To get to get back on topic, I'm sorry, Andy. I was, uh, well, it's just just having a moment, I guess. Sorry. It is. It is a normal conversation between the two. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, the history back in 2019, uh, the legislature in Texas realized that there were a lot of people who were driving without a valid license in large part because of the driver responsibility program, which included the point system and the DWI surcharges. And so what they said was you cannot get your, basically effectively, you cannot have your license suspended just for an inability to pay surcharges. Yeah. Okay. So that included the driver responsibility program, although you can still have um, uh, consequences for having too many points on your record, but they took out uh, the then existing um, uh, surcharge payments, surcharges right? for yeah. DWIs, which was basically a thousand dollars a year for um, if you took a plea or uh, ple- if you pled guilty or went to trial and were found guilty for DWI, and that's whether you had probation or sat it out in jail. A second one was basically $1,500 a year. Um, and then uh, $2,000 if it was over a 0.15 or you know, there were multiple charges. So, so you could end up with about six th- up you know, somewhere between $3,000 and $6,000 in surcharges. Now, is that for jail time and probation? Probation or jail time, either way. Right. One. Okay. Um, and, and at that point, remember, you couldn't get a deferred prosecution on any sort of DWI. Uh, and so we had people running around with surcharges that they couldn't afford because I don't know about you, Andy, but I've had a few uh, clients who had a DWI charge who didn't have the money to pay the attorney, more or less to pay the up in the insurance. Yeah. Uh, the bondsman, the, you know, all the subsequent things. And so they, they get a notice about a surcharge out of Austin and they live uh, nowhere close to Austin and they, that becomes a lost bill in their world. Right. And then suddenly they have an invalid license for an inability to pay a surcharge. So the legislature realized we're basically what I like to call criminalizing the poor. We're making people who can't afford to pay a surcharge lose their license, not be able to get a license. And that, that becomes more of a headache for us as a state than, than this, than this, than the penalty was. Yeah. Great. So they, so they take that off. They, they pass legislation, but they quickly realize um, that they just took a big old chunk of money out of revenue, right? You and I, you and I doing just kind of a rough estimate, we, we were in, in the tens of millions of dollars a year across our state. Yeah, uh, we, we didn't really find anything like concrete, but... But we just used estimates based on automobile accidents and DWIs that we know. I mean, we think it, it, it has to be at least in the tens of millions. Right, at least. And uh, they quickly realized that in Texas, where you have to have a balanced budget to pass a budget... Um, they needed to fix that. Yeah. And so in the same legislative section, they killed surcharges and added the super fine, 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 fine. Sorry, <laughs> had to be done. Um, and so they added super fines. Um, and, and we'll let, but basically it rep- one replaces the other 
but to our client, to our average uh, person on the street, if you will, they're going to feel a lot the same. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I remember, you know, I've been practicing since before 2019, since, you know, at least five years before 2019. Um, and I remember having to advise even clients who were going on probation for DWI about the surcharges and all that kind of stuff. And then how many clients did we get just with DWLIs, like those surcharges, just keeping them in the criminal justice sphere, right? Their license mm -hmm. was suspended because they couldn't pay the surcharge. They'd get a DWLI arrest. That would add extra money. That would add extra fines and suspensions on their license. And then they would get a subsequent one sure. or they wouldn't have insurance. Yep. And suddenly they're again facing a class B misdemeanor because they don't have a valid license. Very quickly, and I've had yeah. I've had a few of ask when was the last time you had a valid license and they'll be like I was 16 I got a license I lost my license the first time when I was 18 years old and I'm a calorie you now oh, I'm 52. Yeah. They haven't had a valid license in over 30 years. Yeah, because it's just too cumbersome right. to to get a license now, you know, at right. that point. So the the surcharge is going away. It it I'm kind of shrugging my shoulders about it like yeah, it went away. That's great. You know, everybody who had a DWI prior to 2019, those surcharges just gone. But, but or, if, or, if the, fine, or if the or if the or if your reason for surcharges was points. Yeah. Right. Right. right Too right. many tickets, etc. But really, we're talking about the super fine. Right. So, so super fines. You know, with the with this super fine system. I mean, the, you know, Andrew is talking with me, and basically, he's just like. Um, found some legislative history that said, you know, it's basically the, the comptroller is just like, we need this. We have to have this revenue. Yeah, we can't lose that in. much revenue without throwing our budget so out of balance. It's a revenue fixing. So I, I don't know. I hate it. Um, and I don't think it really changes much. So super fines as of September 1, 2019, you're going to find this in the transportation code. Uh, section 709.001, chapter 709, because 0.002 discusses how the courts are going, you know, what they do with it when they collect it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so surcharges now, or uh, super fines, sorry, now in, in this day and age, it's been a couple of years, so you should all, you know, not be dealing hopefully with any 2019 DWIs. Um, but the new super fines will be assessed when the uh when when a dwi has been finally convicted okay so that that so, kind of right so let's talk about eyebrow. yeah right. so under the surcharges it was a final conviction and they interpreted that the state and the courts interpreted that as probation and jail time basically a finding of guilt injury. right now and remember back then DWIs, you couldn't do deferred. So it was, it was all, if you had a DWI probation, you were paying surcharges here, finally convicted has been interpreted to mean jail time only, or if you're on probation and your probation is revoked and you were sentenced to jail time. So this does not apply to DWI probation cases, nor DWI deferred cases, right? Which is only available on a class B DWI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit at the end, but that's, we'll get there. So we're talking monies though, right? Because it's a super fine, meaning it is over your normal fine, right? Like it's not a sub fine. It's a super fine. So it's going to go, it's in addition to the, whatever is in the, whatever, right. Yeah. Whatever's in the range of punishment. So let's just use a typical plea agreement. Somebody has a 0.11, 
blood alcohol and um, takes probation. Uh, you know, for some reason they don't get it deferred, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, but they they end up with straight probation and they have a three hundred dollar fine. Yeah. Right. Plus court costs. Plus uh, fifteen months probation. Plus driver alcohol education. You know, kind of standard conditions. And you sign the paperwork and you go and you plea. Do they get the super fine? If it's probation, they will not get the super fine. Right. In most In places. most cases. Now, some courts, we have heard just anecdotal evidence, right? That some courts are still assessing a super fine on any DWI probation or jail time. But, um, but the, the, yeah, I think the case law in, defining final conviction or finally convicted, I should say, um, interprets that as only jail time, right? Something that will be used for enhancement purposes. Yes. Yeah. I think that's correct. Now, if that person gets revoked in your synopsis, if they get revoked and are sentenced to jail time, then that super fine will come into play. Or if they're indigent, those magic words. I don't have enough money to bond out. I don't have, my family doesn't have $300 to pay a bond. And I sit in jail for two weeks and I get offered uh, 30 days in the County jail. Yep. And I go, so I can get out on Friday. Yeah. You can get out on Friday. What do you do? You're like, great. Let me sign the papers. Now we get what? Well, a super fine, super fine. Uh, and we will talk here in a little bit about uh, requesting waivers on that. But yeah, so specifically, if it is your first offense, it's a $3,000 super fine. To be paid out over three years. Three years. So Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Sounds like $1,000 a year for three years, doesn't it? It does, which is the old system. It's weird. um, God God bless Texas. Yeah. uh, Geez. Um, And uh, if it's your second or subsequent within a 36-month period, uh, $4,500 second or subsequent, but that needs to be paid within 36 months. Right. Is that how I'm reading that? That, that is my understanding. Okay. And then, I mean, the, the code actually says $3,000 for the first conviction within a 36 month period, 45 for a second or subsequent within a 36 month period. So yes. Right. And then if that, if you have a BAC over 8.15, then uh, and that's either if it's a first or a subsequent DWI, then it's $6,000, $6,000. Right. And, and I've actually had some judges say, you know, what is the BAC on this? Because they're going to write it in on the conviction so that it shows. And so if you, if you have a 0.16, you can plead to an, to a B lots of times you can talk but the judge is going to ask, what's the BAC on this? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, well, even if it's a class B, they write it in. If it's over whatever, right. You know, that, so, that so they basically up. have to, now we're all talking out of the side of our mouth as to what the BAC was. And, and you start going, wait, I'm supposed to be candor before the tribunal, honest, ethical, and, the prosecutor agrees they don't necessarily want to stick somebody with a 0.16 with $6,000 in fines and all the extra that goes with it. And so they're willing to do a plea and 
uh, you know, and suddenly we're now we're going before a judge because of this fine issue is now asking the prosecutor. So what was the blood alcohol? Yeah. Kind of puts you in a pickle, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, it just, geez, all, all, and anyway, the whole thing is just extremely frustrating. I have like, uh, you know, when this law first came into effect, um, you know, like a lot of us, it just kind of took us by surprise a, a little bit. Um, and so not really knowing how to, how to approach this or how to, uh, negotiate it. I mean, this wasn't even, the Superfine was not even included in the state's, um, offer, right. Cause I was going to plead this, this client out to jail time, uh, because I think probation, straight probation on a DWI is a racket. Um, so I was going to plea him out to jail time. They were going to do work release, meaning they would get out during the day. Um, you know, worked perfectly for this client's schedule. It was a great deal. And then the judge wants to assess a $3,000. I'm like, judge, this is a class B misdemeanor. That's, that's way over, um, way over the range of punishment. It's, it's outside of what our, um, uh, of what our agreement is. Um, and then also, you know, try to make like a semi-constitutional argument that, you know, they just didn't have the power to collect that kind of deal. Um, needs to say we worked it out um, without the super fine, but it is extremely frustrating. And it is, it's just so aggravating that uh, it's really just, you know, most of our clients who are going to jail on DWIs are our poorest clients because they yeah. can't afford probation. They can't afford the, the supervision or, or interlock device or whatever, or maybe they never got out of jail in the first place. Right. right? Exactly. My, my, you know, I've been in there 15 days. I'm yeah. now on a jail run. And so it's our, it's our poorest clients that are, that are getting stuck with us, which is, which is just, just breaks my heart that we're just trying to keep them into, in the system as much as possible. Right. And it, to give, to give our legislators some credit, right? Okay. I know, I know. Stay with me. If I'm in Austin, <laughs> if, if I'm able to be elected, it means that I probably am well-educated, either have money or have money backing me and oh, yeah. the people yeah. that are my friends are relatively well off. Okay. Right. So if you tell someone who is, uh, has a, has a good job or their spouse has a good job, they are w well established say, Hey, if you know, what's a $3,000 fine, a thousand dollars a year going to do to you. And you kind of go, well, that's kind of a pain in the rear. Um, but yeah, that'd be a good reminder. I shouldn't do this. Right. Okay, yeah. great. You and I, we'd have to be like, hey, we're going to, have to pick up one or two clients over the next next year, and we'll pay that fine and and never even miss a beat. But to the person who's working forty to fifty hours a week at twelve dollars an hour, so twelve dollars an hour times fifty is six hundred dollars a week. Yeah, that's a month of income. Absolutely, that is a lot of that's money, and that and money. they haven't at this point bought groceries, paid for gas, or had taxes. Ironically, this feels a lot like a tax taken out of their out of their paycheck. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox. I'll try to step back. No, man. I mean, why else would we have a podcast, but not for <laughs> <laughs> it's our, it's our is, own platform. This is our this is our soapbox, brother. Preach, preach. Uh, okay, so um, I kind of stole your thunder. You're supposed to handle the question. What is a final conviction? I, I don't think there's any question here as to what yeah basically final, it's finally it, convicted means here. right right you have to have done jail time uh, or prison time depending on the level of your offense 
So since I stole your thunder on that one, uh, Andrew, can a judge waive the super fine? Yeah, they can. They, okay. they, they, they can waive it. In fact, let's go back to the code. Um, we are on traffic fine for conviction of certain offenses. Uh, we are under the transportation code 709.001, and we drop down, and it actually says, if a court having jurisdiction over an offense that is the basis for a fine imposed under this section makes a finding that the person is indigent, the court, this is an important word, shall shall waive. There's all, Winston. He yeah, hates this one too, man. Winston gets all upset about these fines. The court shall waive. Yeah. Is it may? No. No, it says no, no, no. shall. It's right. a fi- it's a five-letter word. Right, right. <laughs> is, is it your favorite five-letter word? No, it depends on what how that's being used. <laughs> um, shall waive all fines and costs imposed on a person under this section. And then it goes on to define how to determine yeah. if this person is indigent. So unlike some other pieces where the judge has some, this is a, it's very clear as to what indigency is under this section. Yeah. So how would, how can we as defenders help our clients prove indigency? So on this, basically you got to have a federal, federal income tax return. Yeah. Again, let's go back to our problem. (laughs) If I'm making $12 an hour and I have a, maybe a high school education, some of our good friends, they're letting that income tax be taken out of their check and they never file a return. Nope. Right. If they're getting paid in cash for contract work, right? They're mowing lawns. They may not have a federal income tax return. Right. Right. Um, And so it's very hard to then prove they're indigent because they don't have a federal income tax return. Yeah. 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 Um, No, I mean, how many, you know, I I don't really take a poll of my clients, but um, when I talk to them, sometimes, uh, you know, rules of probation include, you know, showing a copy of the return that you filed. And they're like, oh, I guess I better start doing that. I'm like, yeah, you absolutely should be filing for tax. I mean, you never know what kind of return you're going to get. Right. Or, or things like if they receive assistance from food stamp programs, from uh, WIC, uh, the, the supplemental income for women, infants, and children, um, medical assistance under the human code. So basically if, if you get chips, the, uh-huh. the, you know, for your kids, um, those things, or if your kid is receives free lunch. Yeah. Right. It's pretty easy to prove. Pretty easy to prove. There are some school districts in Texas where like 98% of the kids yeah. qualify for free lunch. Um, so we're not talking about, you know, the poorest of the poor here. We're talking about hard, often hardworking persons who just don't make the kind of money that, that we make. Right. And, and, you know, knock on wood that we can continue to make good money because we do hard work. I hope so. Um, so, so basically if you can provide any of that information, it then goes before the court. The court has to find them indigent if they meet these qualifications and the fees shall be waived. Right. Right. Yep. Um, And most, again, uh, 30%, isn't that what we've discovered recently? About 30 to 40% of all uh, misdemeanors receive receive a court-appointed attorney. Right, yeah. Someone's probably found them indigent. Right, yeah, yeah. So so the court, if if you are appointed, the court has made a finding or determination of indigency. Right, so 
those things all come into fact, should come into factor and basically hold it up to the court. It also means though, that you've got to talk to your client and go, do you receive, and now yeah. you're digging in for, for some people, that's pretty personal. They don't want to personal and embarrassing, right? They don't want to talk about that. But you know, even if you are retained on a DWI, don't let that discourage you from requesting this indigency, right? Just, I mean, because it really like, even though the judge is going to look at you and be like, you're retained. I mean, they don't know how much you charge. They don't know how much you got paid in actuality. And that's right. not really, or who, paid consider, you. or who paid you. And that's not really a consideration they should be looking at. Right. It, it should be stuck to, are you on some sort of uh, assistance? Are you, you know, let's look at your tax return, but you know, all of these things. Um, so don't let that discourage you from asking for it. And a lot of times, that you can get a prosecutor in certain counties to agree to it in exchange for, you know, I don't know, an increase in community service hours or something like that, um, which I don't know if the legislatures really wanted to uh, or, or thought that out when letting this go through the court system. But it is something since the courts are uh, are administering the fine, collecting the fine, sending that money to the state, it is something that can be negotiated. Right. So let's talk about that. Who gets the money? Right. It, yeah. It's sent to, you know, the, the executive branch, like the, the comptroller's office right. of the state of Texas, who's an elected official an elected in the state official. of Texas, right. who, who is assigned to the executive branch. The courts right. are part of what branch? Uh, the judicial branch, the judicial branch, right. right. They're, 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 yep. again, it's like saying have, rural, rural, <laughs> The judicial, the judiciary, I promise I have not been drinking. We have not. This is just Topo Chico. Right. I did wink, have a protein wink. shake at lunch. Just a protein shake? Just a protein Golly, shake. Look at you. Okay. Well, protein shake from Waterburger? No. We're contractually <laughs> obligated, sir. To mention Waterburger <laughs> and or Topo Chico. We're still looking for those endorsements. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so the money... Again, the it's, it's so aggravating. Yes, the the judicial branch is being strong armed into collecting money for the executive branch. Can nobody see the separation of powers issue that we have here? Right, because that would be normally where a tax would go. Yeah, yes, yes. So, and it's on the judgment. And on the cases that I've had, it is written on the judgment. Okay, your fine is set at five hundred dollars and a super fine of three thousand. Uh, judge, this is a class B misdemeanor. The maximum a, fine is two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. You cannot assess a three thousand dollar fine. And the judge is just looking at me like, "Well, what do you mean? This is DPS's money. It's not the it's not the court's money." I'm like, "Then you can't be collecting it. Let then DPS why, why, collect." Yeah. It. Then why are you writing it down? Yeah, it it's, has nothing to do with you. Oh, it's so aggravating, incredibly aggravating. Of course, yeah. I lost, but you know, whatever. I know when it, when it's about money for whatever reason, you know, okay. (laughs) What else do you talk about on that? Well, but yes, it's an argument to be made, especially if you want to appeal the fines and there's still some fights going on about how much are these legal? Are they fair? Are they actual fines or are they a form of tax? You know, um, uh, and, and there are some, some of our, some of our brethren and sisterin out there are, uh, Doing some incredibly hard Did you work. Say cistern? Is cistern. Is that a word? Cistern would be something you dig in like a well. Right. A brother would be someone who is 
a male and they're your brethren. Okay. A sister would be someone who's female and they're your sisterin. Is that actually true? These are these are these are liturgical words, <laughs> Mr. Harris. If you went to church and met Jesus, not that oh, everyone needs Lord. Jesus, but you know, just saying. Oh my. <laughs> uh so, sometimes I need more Jesus, you know what I mean? So, okay. Um our but, brethren and sister in the law. In the yes, law, right. There are some very extremely smart individuals out there. Yeah, we're not that smart. Um, but we know who they are. Um, and some, some of the argument is that they are, is an unfair tax. Yeah. Um, it's not just a fine because it goes above and beyond what's allowed in the punishment uh, in the Texas Code of Criminal Procedure. This is so frustrating to me. But... It is something that every uh, every attorney, every defender out there on these cases needs to know about because, you know, if, if you're like me, just trying to get your client from doing a silly probation stint uh, that's expensive, time-consuming, intrusive into their lives, and just want to do a little work release program on jail, you are going to have to, to deal with the super fine. It is unavoidable. Yeah, you've at least got to be able to address it. And then hopefully you can avoid the fine. Um, right. So there are not a lot of differences between the super fine and the surcharge. No. At the end of the day, uh, it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. It's most likely a duck. This this is a surcharge. So I'm wondering now if um, I'm I'm guessing. So you're not. Is your license going to be suspended for failure to pay the super fine? That's a very good question. So I don't, I don't, and I don't know if it is because if it's just, if it's being collected by the courts, are they allowing people to make, to be on a payment plan for this? Well, most fines and fees are allowed to be on payment plans. Yeah. I mean, this is, but we know, we know at least one judge who makes someone lay out their super fine. Yeah. So does the comptroller get that money? How is the comptroller? How do they get that money? And if that, if you're allowing them to lay it out in jail, meaning what we mean by that is you spend time in jail in in exchange for paying the money in the fine, right? right? And usually in the counties that we practice in, it's about a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a day. Correct. So, so you're looking at three to four weeks in the county jail to pay your super fine on a DWI first. Sounds a lot like punishment, doesn't it? God does. Man. And and then let's back up. What, and this is something that, that I, I, what is the point? What are we hoping to get money, right? If the point is we're trying to deter DWIs for most people, the arrest, right? The idea of going to spend a night in jail is what's going to deter them. Yep. Um, getting caught is the, is the scary part. So them getting arrested, them coming to court, I'd say for half of them or more, that's the end of it. They're not ever going to do that again. Right. For the person that is, um, a little harder of learning. Uh, and by that, I mean, they've got something in their system, uh, that, uh, we might call an addiction. Uh, yeah. Or there's someone who uses in times of pain. I have a guy that got his DWI second because his, his second wife left him and he drove out to the lake, drank it off, and then tried to drive home. 
yeah. right? I don't know if he was a, if he's a chronic drinker or not, but he had two DWIs like 15 years apart. I don't know which one he is, right? Well, but yeah. at the end of the day, the super fines not keeping any of these people from drinking. Oh no, nope, no. I, it, it's the standing in court. It's the going and talking to a probation officer. It's then the probation officer going, "Hey, why don't you go to AA? Why don't you talk to your counselor about that?" Those are the things that end up changing that. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that we don't want drunk drivers. We have said it many times on this show. We are not advocating for people to go out, get lit, and drive around. Absolutely no. not. No, last why? thing we want. Because Winston's out there on the streets. And Winston's my kids driving, are, usually, me yeah. home, and I just want it to be safe for him. Right, exactly. <laughs> our kids are out there. Our friends are out there. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking more Winston was out on his leash walking around with you at night, right? Yeah, that's I what him, I meant by I take him on street. walks. Right. I didn't think he was driving. Anyway. He's a, he's a sleeper. I mean, he's more of a sleeping dog, you know? Yeah, I'm more. He doesn't like. Okay. So, um, so one quick question to wrap this up. We've mentioned sure. the DWI deferred. Yeah. Have you actually had any of them get deferred in the last two years? Yes. I, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, so it's very restrictive, right? I mean, it, it's only a class B misdemeanor. Um, a lot cannot, of times cannot in, include anything besides alcohol, right? Cannot involve an accident, not, not over a, you know, a 0.15 and that may actually be different. I'm, I'm not real sure, but yeah. So a DWI, you know, you're not going to get it on your second. You're not going to get it on a felony. Um, no, you know, no accident involved, nothing like that, but you're, you're just run of the still, mill still can be used for enhancements later. It can be. Yes. Um, and so in that way, in that sense, it's really not that great of a deal, but, um, feels better. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I guess it's like an affirmative finding of intoxication. I, I don't know how that really works, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, and some prosecutors won't give it to you if they're reducing it from a, from a class A DWI down to a B. I wouldn't if I were a prosecutor. I don't, I mean, if you can use it as an enhancement, what's the deterrent? Why not? It makes no sense to me. So being, they're being gracious in bringing it down from a class A. They're, you know, when you say they're being gracious and for the defenders out there, they understand this. They're crossing out like a couple lines of text. That's it. That's all the work they have to do. They're still getting the conviction. They're still doing all They're, You know, it's still going to be probation for however long. No, there is no benefit at all to the prosecutor for doing a straight probation versus the deferred. And I just had an email, so I'm a little hot on it. Sorry, everybody. Just got an email where a deferred on a DWI, which my client would have taken was denied by the prosecutor. And I kind of want to strangle someone. So I'm, I'm glad there's a desk between us. My gosh. Yeah. But I I've gotten some deferreds on DWIs. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't think I've had anybody that was eligible for yeah. a deferred either. They were, they were in custody and ended up, you know, uh, on a jail run or, um, there were other factors that would have not allowed them to be eligible for a deferred. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a state jail DWI with child reduced to a misdemeanor by 1244A and, and gotten probation? I haven't had any of them with child and vehicle. Yeah. So that's another trick too. Uh, just because it's a DWI, DWI, uh, a felony, if it's a state jail, remember 1244 A and B can still apply. 
Yeah. So it would true. be a 1240. I, I would say I would fight for a 1244B in that instance because it, it would be a class A misdemeanor. You'd be doing your clients a huge service, but just food for thought. It's a good, it's a good call, Mr. Harris. That's my Christmas gift to our listeners. All right. Well, that's good. Speaking of, uh, to our listeners, we do uh, hope you have a hop- happy holiday season, and we mean that all-encompassing, uh, not Indeed. just uh, to our uh, Christian brethren and sisterin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and a happy new year. It looks like 2022 is going to be busy. It's going to be busy, y'all. Hey, man, my, my January is already, the I mean, trials this- are stacked on top of each other. The last half of this year was really busy for both of us with trials, so... You know, it's only going to get worse as these courts continue to open up. There's still one county that I practice in that has yet to have a a criminal case, a criminal docket in 2021. So 2022, we have we're going to hit the ground running out in that county. So yeah, so kind of crazy. So uh, guys and gals out there, we do wish you happy holidays. Remember, you can find us on Facebook at Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. You can find us on Twitter at A and A T X. D-E-F-C-R-I-M. That's right. I do. I, I've learned it. Um, and we, I think, I think we're up to 12, oh, 12 followers fantastic. on Twitter. I mean, fantastic. it's fantastic. You know, we'll keep working on it, but it's like a snowball. Once it gets going, you just never know. That's right. Um, also, if you have ideas for the show, please contact us. Uh, we always like having other people on the show. We like having other ideas um, because sometimes we're sitting here going, what are we going to talk about next? Yeah, uh, we do have uh, our show for January first already recorded. I think we have January fifteenth, uh, at least tentatively ready. Um, and I've got uh, a couple of guests that are slated for next year that I think are coming. Um, so get excited that. for that. Yeah, yeah. Some of these are really, really strong episodes. Um, in the meantime, I'm Andrew Decker. I'm Andrew Harris. And for Winston the dog, y'all be good. <laughs>